Hi, this is Dr. Daniel Williams with the PTSD Academy Podcast, episode number 47. What to do when someone pushes you away that has PTSD? This is actually one of the most common questions that people have out there because very often the person with PTSD is not interested in getting any help or talking to anyone, at least not initially. And so statistically, more often it's a caregiver, loved one, spouse, significant other, fiance, or ex that seems to go out of their way to learn more about PTSD than they do. So if you take a look at the episode here, you'll see that I've got five steps here, how to help someone with PTSD when they push you away. The first step is don't chase them. If someone's running, if you, they've been triggered, if they have real bad trauma, if something either just happened or they were made to feel that way again for whatever reason, if they're pushing you away in the moment, don't chase them. Never trap someone to make them talk to you. Don't hold them, take hostages. Don't make someone share right then and there. You're not doing them any favors. You're not going to establish authentic communication and trust if you can't go at their speed of talking about it. And maybe they don't even want to talk to you at all. So you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> don't chase them. Uh, and the, the second message I would say, number two, is that your story is safe. Tell them that the story is safe uh, with them. In other words, they control the story. You don't have to uh, tell you what happened. So don't pry and ask questions uh, to something you don't really want to know. It changes your relationship when you go into the details and there's no going back from it. Much like learning and watching about trauma in general, hearing about it tends to not help you know, and sicken you and spread the disease, really. And so that's why the PTSD Academy podcast never shares a trauma story. And our community online that supports the classes we have, uh, you know, no bullying or um, toxic social media commenting is allowed in there. It's a safe place to be vulnerable and just share what you're learning in class. We don't share trauma stories. You don't, you won't read anyone else's and don't share your own just talk about what to, what you're doing to get better. So number three, start with your strength. Many prefer a non-threatening course like sex therapy or pet therapy courses that come with membership. Uh, there are other places you can look online, but you're not going to find the combination of classes that I've put together. What I mean by start with your strength is that when you hear that you have a lot you have to do or there's there's layers of injury to PTSD that you didn't know about, an energetic fourth dimension to our bodies. It needs an energy release modality. You know, it, When you find out there's a lot to do regarding trauma, it's bad news. No one wants to even talk to a therapist, much less hear from a psychiatrist. There's a hundred things you can do. What's unique is you can do what you want to do. You can choose to you know, live in the country and be a, a prepper if you want to. You can be a blogger podcaster you can just be a regular joke but what I want you to do is have no shame in your game I don't want to overwhelm you you're probably already busy or quite disabled from PTSD who knows uh, regardless you know start with your strength means are you mostly a physical mental spiritual or emotional person over your life what have you been most of the time and if you can answer that and start with your strength and Look to the resources around you to make that better. So start an audio podcast if you're mental. 
If it's physical, do a new workout routine, something like that. Step four is don't feed into unhealthy behavior. That is, if the person is doing alcohol or drugs, if they're being self-destructive in some way, don't supply them with the alcohol, or drugs, or food, or the rent money. Don't help them. That's not love. That's sickness. Okay? Alright. <laughs> Step five, don't be an enabler. So, I once read a book called, uh, what was it? Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. It's written by a woman whose son had grown up to be some kind of serial killer. And she felt guilty about the way she spoiled him and raised him and never set boundaries and limits with him. And she was an unhealthy enabler. It's a very extreme example, but she owned the responsibility and it wrote a very authentic and transparent book. I thought it was quite cool. And so, uh, basically, there is helping someone, which is doing for some, somebody something that they can't do for themselves. There's enabling someone that is doing something for somebody that could do it for themselves. And there's a third level, uh, there's always three levels with me. The third level is being an enabler. That's a person who habitually, routinely is doing things for other people that they can and then therefore probably should be doing for themselves. That's an unhealthy relationship. You're not balanced and well and codependence is the problem. So there you go. That's how to help someone with PTSD when they push you away. What not to do with PTSD. That topic, what you should not do after a trauma, is an entire chapter in the very first book I wrote. So I've got some links here if you want to learn more. It is available in a course if you want a PDF version or print on demand with Lulu. So basically, what not to do. You don't want to put a time limit on grief and tell someone, oh, well, it's been a month, it's been a year, it's been 10 years since you lost your child, you should be over it. Never tell someone they should be over it, period. Who are you to say, right? You've been trained by the media that your opinion matters. <laughs> All right. Number two, assume anything. Don't assume anything, especially that someone will be better if they talk about it. Way too often the stereotype is the sit-in counselors that tend to want to give hugs, you know, not drugs, and, and talk about it. And, I think it makes the other people, not the trauma survivor, feel better because some kind of counseling was provided. But it doesn't necessarily make everybody feel better. Not everybody in the crowd responds to that type of therapy. Okay? And making someone be exposed to it and assuming that that's good for them, well, that kind of sounds like the government, doesn't it? It's not good. It's not good. It causes trauma. It can worsen PTSD. Okay? Number three. Don't stick, uh, uh, here's what I wrote. I put, stick exposure therapy up your assessments. <laughs> the too many therapists, in my opinion, are comfortable pissing off patients because they think to make them angry stirs up their emotion and that's going to be good for them. Uh, if they sort it out better and communicate and work through it, sort of restart the fight that they are having at home or perpetual in their lives. And interpersonal psychotherapy is quite fascinating. It's pretty cool. I do use some of the principles too. I'm not totally against it. What I'm saying is, don't intentionally agitate someone after trauma. If that's your go-to, uh, go back to school. You know, if uh, and there's plenty of good schools out there, energy psychology schools. You don't want to aggravate the old emotion. It's going to get stirred up by itself, and the subconscious body can release it without you making the person 
experience psychological torture. You know, they don't have to visually and memorably, consciously relive it when the conscious mind is such a small percentage of what's going on in the neurologic and electrical system of the body. It's a small percentage. It can totally be avoided, all this exposure therapy, writing out the story and impact statements. It can be avoided. So that is my message. I guess that makes me anti-mainstream. So this has been episode 47, What to Do When Someone Pushes You Away with PTSD.